Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. the building but she's back that was hilarious you had a wasp flying around and look <laughs> so on your sorry. Face. there was a wasp in the studio and it was like attacking my head and it flew right by <laughs> i saw something go around and then all of a sudden you got this fear of death on your eyes and you're like whoa hold on and how embarrassing you went running out after it that was awesome <laughs> it's around the house when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk home improvement every weekend. Thanks for joining us today. We've got back in the studio, my popular demand, my co-host today, Caroline B., America's healthy home expert. Welcome back on Around the House. Hey, hey, guys. How was your weekend, Eric? Father's uh, Day? Father's Day, great weekend. Uh, had family over and friends and barbecue and had too much tequila. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, uh, that's not good. <laughs> that, was, uh, that left a mark, and we'll leave it at that. I had... Uh, Trying to trying to be a little healthier, and that was not one of my better moves. But uh, we had a good time. I told Eric my trick: if you ever have a little too much alcohol, just try coconut water. It gives you all the electrolytes and minerals you need. It will refresh you for the day. Nice. And I <laughs> probably will have to go out and get some of that. That sounds like a good plan for me. <laughs> sounds like a sponsor segment there. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Anybody looking to sponsor us, we're open to it. We love coconut water. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you've had a busy week, too. You've had a busy week. We did. We were, um, I told you I was battling with my mulch. We uh, had the contractor come and he put mulch down our landscaper. And we woke up yep. Saturday morning with vomit looking mold all over our mulch beds. So it looked like I had told him it smelled. We had this weird odor. It was a musty smell. And then all of a uh-huh. sudden on Saturday, it just materialized where we had these piles of vomit. And uh, so we had to remove all that. And that was fun. Real fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds, uh, some, you got some <laughs> kind of fungus going on there. That's not good. Not when you put down fresh. I mean, I love the smell of fresh mulch. That bark <laughs> smells good. But uh, not yeah, mold. when you got stuff growing in it, that's not very healthy. Considering when you have a mold expert living in the house, it's not a good plan. So. It's no, kind of surprising. No. So it, gonna... it's, it's not a damp area either. It gets a lot of sun and it just, it's, it must have been something in the mulch that's just, you know. Well, you think about it, you know, that mulch ends up being in a big pile. It starts steaming because it's breaking down. It's really warm. <laughs> and especially this time of year with the moisture, <laughs> you know, you got a steaming pile of mulch going on there and that's not good. Yeah. So that I've was seen it. that stuff spontaneously combust. Before yeah. Cause a when, fire. Uh, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to be careful with that stuff. That's why they keep it damp too. Cause it, 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 um, you know, keep it nice and wet so you don't get that fire going. But yeah, you can get you can, some pieces of glass. Sometimes if people get a bottle that gets broken inside, the glass will ignite from the sun and you can get a house fire. So you always want to keep the mulch. I have a, you know, you want to keep it about five feet away. Like I, my perimeter is all stone. So you don't want to put the mulch ever right up against the house because you can ignite. So make sure if you are going to mulch beds that they're quite a distance from the house. Don't ever put it up against right up against the house for sure. Yeah, I've got some up against the house here, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that you have to be careful of, you know. And you also get, um, and you also get mold that sprays, now I can't remember the name of it, but there's a name of the mold. It's like, it sprays up. So you'll get like black residue all over the side of the house. It's got a name. Now I'm going to have to Google it, but it's like catapulting mulch or (laughs) mold or Oh man, that's not good. That's not good. Well, you've been working on a, uh, a client project that, uh. You sent me some pictures on this week that was interesting with those bath fans. Oh, my God. Wasn't that crazy? So we had a client and she uh, paid $4,000 to have bathroom fans installed. And so when I immediately saw what they were doing, I contacted Eric because we like to talk about cases, right? It's always interesting. So uh, I'll let you talk about how it was connected with uninsulated duct and then put into the wall with some type of HVAC equipment. (laughs) What was that all so I don't know what they were thinking. This was just such a horrible job. So they used that white vinyl cheapy flux duct and ran it up to a roof vent. And, but then they connected, you know, so, okay. So, you know, the boot that you have for your floor registers, you know, when they're putting in a heating and cooling system, that metal duct, there's the boot at the end that goes up through the floor that the register mounts down with. Well, they took one of those, they screwed it, <laughs> looks like taped it to the ceiling up there at the bottom of the roof sheathing, but right next to the roof vent and then ran this eight inch flex duct up to it. And it's vinyl. It's not going to hold up at all up there. And the worst part is, is in the, in, and they're up in the Northeast, right? So yeah, they were in Massachusetts. when winter time comes, that thin vinyl white plastic ductwork is going to let all of that warm, moist air to condense they're going to have water pooling in the floor of the bathroom because it's all going to, all that moist air is going to condense. It's going to run down that tube back into the, and have a wet floor underneath the, uh, underneath the vent, which is a really horrible idea. That should have been, to me, I would have either run flux duct or hard duct, uh, but insulated, mm-hmm. um, you know, to check your codes out there when you're doing these projects, because some code, uh, you know, they'll say you got to have it in a metal duct that's insulated. Some people will say you want it, they want it flex. But nonetheless, no way you should be doing that the way they did it. And, and they uh, had it up in the a The other skylight. one didn't even go up to the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. The, the one they had, this one that Eric's talking about, they had it connected to sort of like a skylight opening in the, in the attic. It was really makeshift. And then the oh. second fan we found was... A fan that I don't even know what kind of fan it was. It wasn't a traditional bathroom fan. It looked like what did that look mm-hmm. like to you, Eric? Like a it looked like an inline, um, more of an inline like kitchen type, you know, range hood type inline fan versus a, a normal one because it was that uh, you know mid duct one and that was done poorly as well. <laughs> they had the flex. They had the vinyl ductwork running to this fan that they had just positioned on the beam in the attic. They hadn't even connected it to the roof or out, so it was just blowing into no. the attic space. And they had told her it was finished. So, um, and then yeah, they had they messed up They put a board all- up there. They attached that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, 
I'm looking at it here in the pictures. It's just insane. It's just <laughs> insane how badly it was done. And of course, in no time, when you're banking that kind of moisture up in there, they're just going to have, you know, if that sat there for a long time, they were just going to have a moldy attic in no time up there. And the attic looked good. Like the attic looked pristine to begin with. Yeah. Like, so the insulation was good. You know, I looked at the beams or what wasn't any issue of water damage or any mold growth. So here, somebody came in to do this job for them and could really give them a big problem where they didn't have one. And, uh, and this yep. was a, a commercial uh, installer that had chains. So it was a chain place up in Harvard, Massachusetts that obviously doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, this this is crazy. And what they should have done is run that all the way out. They should have cut a hole in the roof, put a put a duct up there to run that into and let it exit through the roof up there. And uh, it would have been so simple. I mean, they're already up there. It would have taken them another, you know, another 20 minutes to do the rest of it to do it right. And uh, it's just shocking how badly this was done. And uh, hopefully your client's getting their money back on that one or they're coming up to fix it or something. I tried threatening, but, you know. But I mean, it just so it doesn't deter people. You do need a bathroom fan. So it's really important, especially if, even if you have a window, make sure you're doing ventilation in the bathroom to prevent moisture and high humidity. So don't be, um, you know, don't be deterred by this experience. You need it. But just make sure you know somebody or use somebody who's got good experience and, and isn't going to do wrong by you. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise it's just, yeah, that's, that was going to be, you know, and so many people pay to have somebody get up in the attic and they'll never go look at it. You definitely want to have pictures of the job when it's done. You want to get up there and take a look at it and mm -hmm. record it because I see tons of issues here that they just didn't, just didn't resolve. And that was going to be a problem. And luckily your homeowner caught it. Yeah. Thank God she it. went out. She was smart enough. A lot of my clients are really smart and I have a little rule of thumb if you're a client of mine, I send you up into a rainstorm. So when it's really raining and you're getting the worst rains of the season, you want to go up and sit up in your attic for about, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Take a drink up, cocktail, coffee, whatever, and just sit up in your attic and take a look at all of your entrances and exits out of the roof and look at your flashing. You want to see if your chimney is allowing moisture in. You want to just take a really solid peek, you know, peek of what's going on up there because that's the time you're going to see a leak is when it's really raining. So you want to go up during a storm. And just yeah, check out I, everything. I, I also want you to walk around the outside as well. I want you to, you know, during another rainstorm like that, spend the time, walk around the outside of the house. Make sure that you've got it looking good. Because if you walk around, that's when you find those gutter issues. That's when you find the, the water pooling up against the side of the house. That's when you're going to find all those issues. And uh, I always preach about making sure that your gutters downspouts don't come down and just exit onto the ground. I want to see those go in and get into some kind of storm drain system. So they're at least 10 feet out of the house. If you're, if you're downspouts drain right next to the foundation, that is doing damage to your foundation. 100%. And so you definitely want to get that water away from the house because otherwise you're in a world of hurt when you got to spend big money to do that foundation repair down the road. 100%. Because otherwise, man, I mean, my house here, it goes into the storm drain system, but we have, Another thing you should do, and I have to do mine here coming up, is you need to make sure then have those inspected as well. Like mine goes into its own dry well, so you want to make sure that you've got that cleaned up so it's not backing up. Mm -hmm. uh, I get a lot of, uh, you know, pine needles and all those little things because they fall out of the trees, land on the roof, end up in the in the gutter system and down. And so it's one of those things you want to make sure you've got that working clean as well because otherwise if it's backing up and it looks like you're trying to put too much water down it when you get a heavy rainstorm now you're going to be putting more water next to your foundation again that can cause a ton of problems and if it's going down then 
you're going to cause some damage. Hey, when we come back, I want to talk about a few other little projects we got going on. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G, your home improvement source every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you want to hit us up on Facebook, you're going to find us over there, Around the House with Eric G, or you can just hit the website, aroundthehouseonline.com. Well, we've got Caroline B. in the studio here with us, co-hosting again today. Thanks for coming on again. We've got a lot of great stuff we've been talking about. Uh, you know, I had Father's Day weekend last weekend. I got my... Uh, my uh, new countertops put in out there. So nice. I did the DuPont Corian Endura. That turned out awesome. My friends over there at Portland Marble Works came out and knocked that out and got that installed. So uh, one more step to enjoying the outdoors this summer. Eric has built himself an awesome, awesome party scene, bar, deck. He's got the whole thing going on outside. It is outstanding. So kudos to Thank you, my friend. You. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Just creating a little more outdoor living space out there because we've got the full tree canopy. It's like you're out in the woods. And so it's beautiful. We've got a big enough deck out there. And it was funny. One of the unintended consequences on this on this deck, I was cleaning up on Saturday, getting things ready for people to come over. And I was cleaning up. But this stuff is so cool. It's it's literally it's cool deck technology, this composite. But what's funny is, is on the side of the house, I still have one section that's a wood deck. And that is so warm that when it, in the sun, it dried out a lot faster. So when I get the deck wet, when I'm cleaning it off, it doesn't dry as fast because huh. of the cool deck technology. It actually stays wet longer. So I actually got my leaf blower out to dry the deck off to make sure because it just, it's so cool that it, it doesn't really, the sun doesn't bake it off as much. That's so it's kind interesting. of interesting. It's fun so to watch that. If you're going to put yeah. cool deck, that would mean to me with clients who have a lot of woods and they have a lot of shade with their house. You have to really yep. think about if you're going to put that because it could end up that you end up with a damp issue, you know? So that's me, the yeah, mold I mean, it, inspector in me. The good news is, is it's non-porous, so it's it's going to sit on the top. If you had a wood deck, you It'd know, you, you could definitely get the rot going on. That's for sure. So blow that's it off sure. with a leaf blower. You need like a, you need something to get some air movement. So it's not sitting. Yeah. There. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it just, it did dry, but it was funny how long it took. I was like, wow, that one over there is is dried up. And then when you walk on it with your bare feet, the, the wood deck felt, I mean, it was like mid eighties outside. So it wasn't super hot, but that was warm. But when you walked over on the, on the deck, it felt cool to the touch, which was kind of crazy too, huh. comparative. Very you know, cool. it, and the wood deck was warm, was, was, uh, is lighter color tone than the dark gray deck. So it was, it was interesting. It was kind of interesting to see that science. Eric in like his palace. He's got like a palace out there. Let me tell you, I could just live out there. That could be my permanent residence. Yeah. I'm moving over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julie will have to accept out. me. <laughs> yep. It's a five hour trip. Mm. You can do it. <laughs> well, we've been talking about different stuff. You've been working on your house too. You've got a new door going in and, and windows and stuff, right? Yeah. So we've got a kitchen, the old eighties bay windows coming out in the kitchen. And so we're putting in another double slider. So we'll have two sliders because we're into outside living too, just like you. So we'll have yeah. two going out to a deck and we haven't decided what we're going to use uh, for the decking material. I've been looking into the MyPay. You have any um, 
Do you have any suggestions about decking? I mean, obviously the cool deck, but the MyPay is kind of interesting too. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's that's good stuff too. There's so many good brands of decking and stuff out there. You know, there's there's the the beautiful hardwoods. I like the composites for my weather over here just because we have so much rain that the, the composite's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And as long as you get a capped composite with the composites where it's, it's got that outside, you know, the early treks, for instance, they didn't have that PVC or that, that cap on the outside. So that stuff, the problem with that was in the early days of composites, you'd, you'd maybe spill grease from the barbecue or something like that. You'd mm. get a couple drops on it and it would discolor it. I mean, it would soak in and it looked like an oil stain on concrete. It was just, it wow. was, it was there. Hmm. And it was hard to keep clean, but now the new composites uh, do a much better job of of getting that, you know, dialed in. So that's just not an issue. I mean, I can get out there on mine on the on a with the pressure washer and get any tree sap off of it and, you know, and carefully knock it off and it's fine. So, well, when we get down to choosing decks around the house, we'll do a, a deck, a close up on decking so we can figure out what we're going to do because we're not sure yet. But so the doors are going in, the Anderson sliders going in. And uh, then once that's done, nice. we'll start looking at the, the decking material. Well, one of the subjects I wanted to dive into, and we're just, we'll be going out to break here in a minute, but I wanted to talk about removing walls, you know, because still, even today, people love that open concept. And I think there's a little less of it now because people ended up having to, you know, if they had a couple kids in the house and everybody was working from home, they needed those spare spaces to, to do their social distance school learning and everything else, but mm. taking out a wall is not as easy as just knocking it out and, you know, doing the HDTV demo day with the <laughs> sledgehammer. You really got to plan out what's going to happen to that because man, that could have so many things inside that wall, or it could be very important to the structural integrity of your home. So in our kitchen, we've got that door we were talking about between the living room or the dining room and the kitchen. So it's got a doorway in the yeah. middle. And then we were thinking about taking out the one side. But like you said, you have to make sure you don't have electrical, right? Would be, could be in there, yep. potentially plumbing. I mean, we don't. What else, what else do you have yeah, to- Yeah, you could have, well, you could have electrical, you'd have plumbing, you could have uh, heating and cooling mm-hmm. vents in there. You know, you could have, my first question always is, is what's above it? Is that attic space or is that a, mm-hmm. is that another room or what's over the top of that? So right in there. ours, in our case, like our, our kitchen is, it's attic space above it. And it's got a doorway okay. directly, you know, so the doorway's cut out in the middle. So you have wall to the right, wall to the left. And I was thinking about making it a half wall. So it would be, you know, there'd be half wall there. And then as you got closer to the exterior of the house, between the two sliders, it would be open. Just to open it up because it feels very close, you know, it gives yeah. you that kind of claustrophobic feeling. But I was trying to think of what else I'd have to be worried about when I pull it out. Um, besides there's yeah, no electrical. depending on which way the, the, yeah, I mean, electrical is going to be probably the most common in there. Uh, it doesn't sound like you've got any plumbing, so you're good there. But yep. the other thing to think about though, is, is, is that holding the structure up? Is that important to that? You know, and I was on social media this last week and there was somebody sitting there and it was a heck of a mess that they had. And we'll talk about that when we come back, because this was an important one of how badly this was going for this person. We'll talk about <laughs> that just as soon as around the house returns. Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. 
head to aroundthehouseonline.com and fill out the contact us form and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Hey, this is Farewell Angelina and you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. To around the house of the Richie, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Well, we got Caroline B in the studio here with me today. Hey, we're guys. gonna have a great rest of the show. Thanks for coming back on. Yeah. So, why don't I finish telling the story because we ran out of time last segment before we had to go to break? But this story was absolutely amazing. This guy had gone into his house and had taken out a wall and was asking how to frame up on social media. <laughs> and you could see where his whole second floor, where the Joyce had gone, he just had it hanging there. And it was oh going to, God. this house was gonna <laughs> taco in on him. I mean, it was gonna taco in on him. And I'm like, First comment I put on there was, uh, stop what you're doing and put a wall back up there now. Oh, my God. Because it was going to fall. I mean, you could see how all the points were coming to this one point of the house, and there was no beam there, and it was just hanging. And I'm like, oh. Was he a DIYer? so bad. Did he have any yeah, professional? Yeah, DIYer. <laughs> no. No, you guys. DIYer with it. a sawzall. so that was bad and then we kind of had a little dust up here with on around the house here this last year this was this last fall there was a house flipper that was doing videos on youtube and this dude got up in the attic on this place and started cutting the trusses out and reframing them and not doing it right oh my god and so i called him out on the show and said and shared the video up on facebook because it was on youtube and he heard the show and pulled the video down. <laughs> oh my god. Because I mean, if someone this was so badly done that if somebody would have gotten on that roof, the whole roof would have collapsed in. Holy Because he cut all the structure out to vault the ceiling, but didn't put any back. <laughs> it was so bad. So you know, I, it's you not just even funny. Be I don't mean there. to laugh, but it's just, you oh. know, I mean, the things people are undertake when they don't even know what they're doing. It's crazy. I didn't even know this guy here was actually in Portland. And then I figured out he was in my hometown. And I'm like, oh, this is even worse. And uh, I had somebody that knew him reach out to me and send me a message on Facebook and go, oh, he heard it. And I'm like, good, good. You shouldn't be doing that. And all his home improvement videos were taken down after that. He took every one of them down because they were so horrible. Oh, See, uh, we're the police. There was no, obviously no building watching. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then... So here's the thing. When you're going to remove a wall, here's where the secrets are. You know, you're a load bearing wall is carrying load from, you know, the, the roof all the way down to the basement. Uh, I've had many times when you put a beam in upstairs and you've got an engineer that gets involved and they do the drawing and they're, you know, you're carrying the load many times in the basement, you might have to put in 
uh, a new footing or a crawl space. You might have to put a bigger footing to carry that load when you put a beam in because you're putting more weight to a certain point. So it's one of those things that you really got to do the calculations. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to put the right size beam in there. You might not have not have the right size of footing down in the basement. So I've had to go down many times on projects where the engineer is like, oh, yeah, that little footing down there. Well, you, you know, you put 10 times the load on that point now. So we have to put a much bigger piece of concrete down there. Who do you so recommend, we've had many Eric? times. So who, like, who should your contractor know to do that? Should, how do you know to hire an engineer? Like, how do you know when you have to do it or what you have to do? You know, if you're making a doorway a little bit bigger or something like that, maybe it's not necessary to get a full structural engineer. A lot of times code says you have to have an engineer. So when you go pull the building permit to reframe that wall, Technically, they're going to want a drawing and they're going to want an engineer to sign off on it. And so that's really what forces you to get the engineer. But that engineer is going to be able to tell you exactly what you need to do to have it be stronger than what it is now. And that's the key point right there. But like in your wall, there could have been if you had another story above that, for instance, or a bathroom up there, you know, many times, especially in your kitchen, if it's multiple stories, they usually keep those plumbing in the same area. So the bathroom is usually close to that or above it or below it. There's usually those plumbing areas are kind of in that area. So you could have pipes, you could have drain pipes, you could have, you know, the hot, cold water in there. You could have anything from, you know, HVAC ducting, all that stuff in that, in that wall cavity. So you just got to be careful because once you kind of, and there's ways to open it up, without even looking at it, you know, you and I were talking about thermal imaging. I have used (laughs) thermal imaging scanners before to take a look at a wall and go, okay, turn the hot water on upstairs. Is there any water coming through there? Cause the hot water will show up as the pipe and in the drain, if you've got, it'll show up in the thermal image. You can see that you can see if there's a, a a air return or anything through there. Cause you're going to see all that go through. Whoa. Pause. Wasp. Yeah. Uh-oh. Wasp. (laughs) And Caroline left the building, but oh she's back. God. That was hilarious. You had a wasp flying around and the look so on your sorry. face. There's a wasp <laughs> in the studio and it was like attacking my head and it flew right by. <laughs> I saw something go around and then all of a sudden you got this fear of death on your eyes and you're like, whoa, hold on. And How embarrassing. You went running out after it. That was awesome. That was awesome. I love oh my it. God. I love it's it. Well, guys, that's real radio studio. there for you when that stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I locked oh. in the other studio over there. There we go. <laughs> studio across the hall. That's another one over there. So, <laughs> All right. Well, we were talking walls. That was awesome. Uh, so walls and wasps. Here's the, yeah, walls and wasps. Here's the thing. You know, just I think hiring that structural engineer is smart. You, you don't have to pay him that much. Have them, you know, go double check the calculations because load can be really strange. Sometimes you can look at it and go, wow, there's no load on that. And you'll get a structural engineer and go, well, there is some load on it. And so it's one of those things that just having those details and getting it right is great because, you know, I've had it where um, where we were doing a remodel on the top floor of a house and, you know, up in the in the second floor and the way we move things around, they wanted um, we had to dig up in the basement. We had to take up the carpet and everything down there because we had to cut in and put a bigger post in. And that post had to have a four foot by four foot footing around it. So it's just really depending on what you got going on. But most people will just go in and put the beam in when they don't have the structural engineer, but they're not looking at the whole system because that load has to carry all the way down to the ground. 
And uh, you see it more and more when people miss that up. I was just looking at a friend's um, a house that she just bought, and I was online looking at it earlier today, and she's got a really cool deck, and there's a deck above it. Well, the deck above it is on the master bedroom. There's two posts that go down that land in the middle of the deck down below, but mm-hmm. there's no post underneath it down below. The The larger deck is holding it up. And I'm like, Uh-oh. man, I put some posts in there underneath those posts to carry <laughs> the load. Oh my God. But uh, I, I don't want that. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to depend. Those posts are only getting hit. It's like, come on guys. When you're building How about if you, anything if from a deck to anything else, you've got to be able to do that. How about if you're only taking like half? Like, you know how I was talking about maybe removing half the wall in my kitchen? Does that still impact you yeah. as much? Yeah. Yeah, because there, there's no, the the lower part of the wall, it's all about carrying that weight down to the ground. You know, in your case, you might be fine because you have trusses up there and there's no weight on it. You'd have to take a look at it. But a half wall can help you on a strength of the exterior wall. So that doesn't have any flexibility in that. But really... When you're open it up, sometimes you have to put a beam in when you open those up like that because you're just carrying that roof load all the way down to the ground is what you're trying to do yeah. when you've got that load. So yours might not be that big a deal, uh, but it's depending. I've seen, I've had soffits, you know, you know, when you box in over the top of cabinets, I've had soffits that have, that have had beams in them that carried load before that you didn't even realize were in there. So yeah, I've had some yeah. really weird things happen when you think, oh, I can remove this. I mean, I had a wall in my kitchen I wanted to take out, but I didn't take it out because I had plumbing in it. And I realized it was going to be such a bigger mess to take out that little tiny knee wall, just a little tiny 36-inch wall in there. And I didn't take it out because I was like, oh, I got plumbing in it. I'm just not going to mess with it. I just didn't want to get into that can of worms because that also went up to the bathroom above it. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to watch out for that stuff. And that's that's what gets you in trouble. And so a little bit of care goes a long ways. Um, don't just do demo days we were talking about earlier. Don't get the hammer out and just start whacking right. on it. You can start doing some research and also make sure that you don't have lead paint and asbestos and all that stuff that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And anything in my area, any trash that goes to the landfill that's construction waste, if it's before, I think, 2004, you have to have it tested for asbestos because they still used asbestos in building materials commonly up to 2004 yeah they used it more commonly people thought it was just gone you know and it really it's it's still actively present you know and speaking from someone i know my grandfather worked at john's manville which was the producer of asbestos and uh he he got mesothelioma from working there for all those years so which was a big interest of mine why i got involved with environmental health and environmental um, consulting was because, you know, I know there's a huge correlation between our environments and where we live and work and how we feel. So it's really important when you start to demo things, you really need proper containment. You know, even if you're just doing bathroom projects, you know, just having everything contained, it just makes sense. You don't know what you're ripping apart in those walls. I mean, from anything, it could be mold, it could be dust, it could be particulate, you know, you don't want to be breathing that in. So doing some just basic containment is just smart. Don't change that dial. As a reminder, hour number two today, we've got Roger Wigfield, the expert plumber. I'll be right back with Caroline just after these important messages. Today's indoor air quality tip is brought to you by Pyramid Heating and Cooling and PyramidHeating.com. Gas and electric cooktops and ranges can add more indoor air pollution to your home than any other item. Your range hood needs to be correctly vented all the way outside of your home. Make sure it's not vented into the attic. 
as that can create more mold and pollution issues. The recirculating hoods don't do a great job of removing those pollutants and moisture from your air. You want that all vented outside. When you're cooking, make sure you're using the hood to get all that bad air outside your kitchen. If you have a larger hood over 400 cubic feet per minute, make sure you have makeup air to replace that air. An open window can be helped, but there's nothing more efficient and helpful than a great functioning range hood. To thrive in the great indoors, visit pyramidheating.com. Oregon CCB 59382. Make sure and tell them Eric G sent you because they work on my house. That's pyramidheating.com. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk home improvement every weekend. Thanks for joining us. We've been talking about, Caroline and I have been sitting here, we've been sitting here talking about kind of removing walls and what to think about with load bearing. And I wanted to kind of wrap this up in the discussion to really make sure that you think about your heating and cooling system, how that's going to operate, if that's going to affect anything, as well as lighting as well. Because those are two different things that uh, when you open walls up and make them into one grand space or into a bigger space, it's one of those things you need to consider because you want to have the lighting make sense and the heating and cooling make sense as well. I don't want to see you create bigger problems and not have the, the system balanced right if all of a sudden you're messing with that by removing walls. So you might have to bring in a heating and cooling specialist to take a look at the ducts and make sure that you've got them. You know, sometimes it, it ends up putting a, a floor register out in the middle of the floor someplace where you didn't want it, where before it was up against the wall. So you need to kind of plan those things out. Yeah. Or sometimes people will, you know, we found, you know, we had a duct that was coming up out of the floor when we did some remodeling and it was ending up going out into the cantilever and it was coming up into the house and we had insulation coming up through the house because it was blowing in two directions. So you'll find all these hidden things when you go to pull these projects apart and you always have to have an HVAC guy ready or on hand. You should always have someone that you really trust. Cause I don't think there's one project I haven't torn apart something like, you know, a substantial project where I haven't had to bring each track in for some reason. So, yeah, the, uh, it's you know, that's the, the lungs, the hardened lungs of your home. So it's important that the two things work together. Yeah. I didn't realize how good it was to have a good system until I put this good one in my house. And it's like reduced my stress so much because it's just, it's cleaner. It's efficient. Uh, I can see a huge difference on my electricity usage. Uh, I'm jealous. You know, for that, uh, it's 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 a big deal when you get something that's super efficient and it's going to pay for itself very quickly compared to what I had before. I'm an HVAC. Like I seriously love HVAC. If I could go back in another career, I would have been an HVAC professional. Like I find it so interesting. Nice. It's it's really cool. I mean, and it really oh. affects your whole building science and knowing you know your HVAC house. In my opinion, should be built around your HVAC versus. What we do is we build houses and just throw an HVAC into a closet or we put really little thought into the process of how the HVAC is going to work. And it's, to me, the wrong way to build. Yeah, yeah, no, no, 100%. I mean, my house, we did a lot of uh, changing and swapping around, added a couple zones like we talked about earlier. And it works really well. But, uh, I mean, it's, you know, we've had a week of 100 degree heat here. And that that heat, uh, my house didn't, it just didn't blink. It took it. So that's, that's, that's nice. pretty cool that... Uh, you know, that it's holding up to that. You know, you and I were talking between break here. You've got some lighting projects that you're looking at your house, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm looking to put in some some new lighting in the basement. I mean, not not changing anything, but just changing up fixtures because, you know, it's just stuff was looking kind of 
ratty. And I actually had one uh, light start smoking and catch fire, which was an interesting thing. Oh, that's um, not good. No, it was actually, it caused electrical fire. So we had to replace them. But I'm kind of looking for things. We were talking about the difference between the LEDs, the fluorescence, um, the incandescence, and then, you know, what kind of options you have. Right now we have an old, you know, fixture that's got incandescent bulbs. And I was talking to Eric about the flush mounts. They have these really cool, you know, because we can't do a hi-hat there because it would be more construction. So I'm thinking like a nice flush mount could kind of give you the look of a hi-hat without, you know, having to do a construction. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, first off, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of the fluorescence. The fluorescence to me are out. Those are, uh, one, they're many times they've got mercury in them. So that's not good. They do sell some yeah. mercury free ones out there, but that mercury is not good if you break one. Nope. And so I don't like those for that reason. So LED, if you get a good LED, most people can, can deal with them pretty well. I know some LED lights with certain people, they will see a little flicker because they're, uh, LED light is always kind of flickering in, in, in how they operate so that your, your brain doesn't detect it. You don't see it, but some people are sensitive to it, but that's, you know, one of them, one of a million, but long story short with those LEDs, they're great. And if you get the right one with the light temperature, you know, the correct color temperature to it. Uh, so you, you know, uh, for instance, if you're looking at lights, you'll see a color temperature of like 5,000, 6,000. That's that blue daylight type bulb that you would see where it's that bright, bright, very white light. White. Where if you look at a more incandescent bulb, that's co- that's closer to like a, a 2,500 Kelvin. Yeah. And that's got that yellow. Much more tone. yellow. See, I prefer the yellowy softer tone. Like that's why I always kind of just go away from LEDs because I just don't like mm-hmm. that bright gl- glaring light. Do they make any yeah. fixtures that kind of have th- that you can tone that down so it's not so stark? Yeah, so you can put in if you if you buy one that has uh, a lot of the new the flush mount ones like the that look like the the recessed you know can type light. A lot mm-hmm. of those now have a selector switch on the back of them now, so you can select what color temperature you want. Yeah, and that's so right. I usually go down into that like 2500 range, so it's a much more yellower light. And then there's even bulbs out there now that you can buy because if you think about it. And a LED bulb, when it dims, only dims, and this is what's crazy, is an LED bulb dims, it cuts the the light output down. But what you're used to in your brain when you see a, a uh, basically an incandescent light bulb, mm-hmm. as it dims, it gets warmer, it gets browner, it gets yellower. You know what I mean? That, that color yeah. temperature changes. So now they've got LED lights out there that as they dim, they do the same thing as an incandescent bulb. And they change color temperature. And as it goes down, it, it tricks your brain into thinking like it's an old incandescent bulb because it's it's making it warmer and warmer and warmer as it goes down. So it's pretty cool. Well, and like you, when you did your wine rack, he put lights behind it. And then you had all kinds of color tones. Remember, you did you could do blue, you could do red, you could do, you know, they have all the variants with the LEDs too. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, my same in my kitchen counter as well. I put the lights underneath there, did that uh, LED strip lighting in there, and that turned out really cool because we could sit there and, uh, you know, for football season, I can put my Seahawks colors on there, or, awesome. you know, and, you know, and do on, that. Seahawks. So I, I can do all that stuff. Ugh, he's saying uh, Seahawks folks in front of me. You don't say Seahawks in front I know of a it. Jets fan. <laughs> hey, I, I have to appreciate the Jets fans out there because, uh, 
growing up in the Seattle area, I, I, I like my Seattle Mariners, but my Seattle Mariners don't know how to win <laughs> at all. <laughs> as much as I love battle them. football battle coming yep, this fall. Exactly. We're going to have a football battle, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, that's just kind of one of those things that you really, you know, need to, to think about when you're dealing with lighting and there's so many cool lights out there. Um, I like the smaller lights. I don't like the big six inch round, you know, I like the more closer down to two or three inch, uh, cause mm-hmm. they make less of a impact on your ceiling. And I think they look really good. I, there's a lot of great lights you can do out there and they're so easy to install now. You know what the problem I have is there's a cutout now where these old, you know, cause it was, remember those, they were yep. like four, uh, what were they? Like three inches round. And then they had the incandescent bulbs. They were the traditional lights yep. from like the nineties were there. So now yeah. I've got this hole cut out of the drywall and I just want to put a replacement light in. And I'm having such a hard time figuring out what can go there that fits. Well, that's all the time we got for this week, Caroline. Thanks for coming on the show again today. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, Roger Wakefield, the expert plumber, just after these important messages. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.